0: Yeah. Welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of darkness and shadows amongst the Magnolias. I am
1: Carolina Girl Heather. And I am Florida Man Tony. And today, Heather's going to be teaching me some stuff. Recently, I came upon this list of interesting news and
0: facts, and included was the story of Clementine Barnabet, Oh. A first African-American woman serial killer. Okay. I think that's worth noting. At least she's the first documented one. So, whatever you do, don't accept mail from her. Yeah, she's probably a hacker. Yep. So, shall we get into
1: it? Let's do this.
0: Clementine Barnabet is believed to have been born around
1: 1884
0: in St. Martinville, Louisiana. Okay. Neat two parents, Nina Porter and Raymond Barnabet. She had several brothers. As and, did
1: most families back then. Oh, yeah.
0: Did not note if she had any sisters, but she is reputed to be the first woman of color who is documented as a serial killer. In the end, she claimed up to 35 murders. Wow. Confessed to, which I think is kind of interesting. Okay, Well,
1: I mean, I, she outdid some of the ones that we have nowadays, so... <laughs> you gotta have goals, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Always um, set your goals in life, kids. Right. See, so they moved to Lafayette
0: in mm-hmm. Louisiana in Nineteen oh nine. Ooh, I'll notes, be it. Right, I love that place. I've never been. Um, the, it did note that her father was probably abusive, but the more we research and and look into t- things back then, it seems like pretty much everyone was. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's
1: just a common thing with families and and whatnot. I don't know. It's like you hear about it all the time. It's like, oh yeah, you know, this person was famous for this. They had a douchebag of a dad. <laughs> So, I mean, that's sort of a common occurrence, yeah. According to Professor Vance McLaughlin, now
0: I don't know who that is, but he apparently did some research on this. And that's a cool name. It is, rather Vance McLaughlin. It sounds like he should be, I don't know, in some western somewhere. Or leading, like, a band. Yeah, I could see that. Between 1911 and 1912, in towns along the Southern Pacific Railroad line running through Louisiana and Texas, a minimum of 12 African-American families were murdered in their homes. Okay,
1: so that's not
0: just 12 people, that's 12 families. That's 12 families. All the murders occurred at night, and an axe was used to fracture the skulls of the victims. Oof. And only one person, Clementine Barnabat, was ever punished for any of these homicides. End quote. Okay,
1: so she was the only one who was ever punished for them. The research on this was a little spotty. I did... I mean, it was, what, 1909, something like that? Yes,
0: and I imagine the researchers got kind of excited because... She was black and a woman, and yeah. her family did not have a very good reputation. Um, her father, particularly, was known to be kind of a shifty layabout, not respectable. I, I remember in, hearing in one of the stories we re- listened to about them that the good families were called a credit to their race. Oh, well, yeah. um, Raymond Barnabett was not one of these. Ugh. However, Racism is bad, folks. <laughs> and it goes back a long ways, obviously. And, of course, the reporters were all going to be white, as were all the police and mm-hmm. Investigators. Yeah. Sources argue about the first murder connected to the case because when a serial killer starts, they don't know. It's, you know, he doesn't really leave yeah. a, a note going, one of four, you know, you don't yeah. start that way. Um, but it could have been a woman named Edna Opelousas, which is an interesting name, and her three children killed in Rain, Louisiana, in November 1909. Okay. But then the next one that we are fairly sure of was in late January 1911. Walter Byers, his wife, and their son were hacked to death in Crowley, Louisiana. I don't know if that's Crowley or Crawley. Crowley, Crowley, Crowley. I mean, it's spelled the same way. I want it to be played by David Tennant. (laughs) There was another murder February 25th, so that's not very long. You know, about a month later, four members of the Andrews family in
1: Lafayette I understand they say it, Lafayette. Lafayette? Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, people, you don't say New Orleans, you say Nolens. Yeah, my southern accent isn't quite that strong.
0: By then, the police began to suspect that their crimes were so similar, they may have been the,
1: quote, work of the same terrible monster, end quote. Who was apparently this, what, 16-year-old girl. Yeah,
0: which, I don't know, if anyone's ever had to live with a teenage girl, they might concur. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: But it is interesting. They get into the analytics of it, I guess, that this allegedly, what, 16, 17 year old girl came up with, planned and executed a series of murders carefully and concisely without really getting caught and they just didn't believe she had the brain power to do it all. (laughs) Which, I don't know, that's sort of like racism, misogyny all rolled up into one, not to mention
1: she was young and uneducated, so they just I don't know why she was the one pointed out in the first place. Back then, I think things were a little different. Keep in mind, back then when you were 14 or 15, you were already... already considered an adult. Well, this is true. And could be tried as such. That's also true.
0: And yet another month later, so I guess this is now March, mm-hmm. in San Antonio. Texas? Al- or Louisiana? Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. Alfred and Elizabeth Cassaway were murdered in a similar fashion, along with their three children. Now, the Cassaways were, curiously, a mixed-race couple. Okay. Mrs. Cassaway was white. Oh. It was noted that that might be a reason, but it. I'm not sure if I really buy that, because all the other families were black, and they got hacked up just
1: the same. <laughs> yeah, but do you buy a 16-year-old girl going from Lafayette, Louisiana to San Antonio, Texas? Which is probably about 500 miles. Well, they did note that all the murders happened along this, this railroad line. No. Okay. I don't know
0: how common travel was for people back then. I mean, I, I know probably they're very accustomed to traveling by rail by that point, but you, know, you have to wonder, like, was she accompanied? Did she have to have someone with her? Did she just not attract any notice because
1: Young girl?
0: Yeah, black girl like that. Yeah, I don't know. The weapon was always well, same format. It was always an axe, but it was an axe that belonged to the family, and then it would be left at the head of the bed after. Okay, doing so its that's dirty just kind
1: of messed up. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, yeah, just breaking into someone's house, killing them with their own tool, and then just leaving it like, yeah, I did this. So when all this started happening and coming to light, the local authorities, I
0: think, went through their round up the usual suspects routine. And amongst them It is was Kaiser Sose. <laughs> Damn it, I hate it when you throw me off like that. <laughs> I was thinking Casablanca, but Aww. okay. <laughs> So Raymond Barnabat, her father, Mm -hmm. is apparently among the usual suspects. He was known to be a local petty criminal and a sharecropper, which is known to make fabulous wealth, of Mm -hmm. course not. But he was arrested on suspicion of murdering the Andrews family, you know, way back several paragraphs ago. Yeah. (laughs) He was released for insufficient evidence, but rearrested months later and ultimately convicted of the Andrews murders.
1: Yeah, I just keep forgetting that this is 1909 and people can be straight out convicted of something that had nothing to do with and oh wait that still happens. Well this
0: is true. I think he could have just existing while black though it didn't help that he didn't have a good reputation. Now curiously after a few false leads the police started to focus on him not just because of the usual suspects thought but get this his former mistress and he had gotten into a fight and she apparently griped about him to a friend and suggested a possible connection to the murders. And apparently he was so unlikable. I mean at least his family didn't find anything likable about him. So his mistress effectively turned him in. His daughter Clementine mm-hmm. and a son Zephyrin both testified in court against Raymond. You like really don't like your dad. I guess not. They yeah, they had daddy issues. Yeah. They claimed he had returned home with bloody clothes and was boasting of the Andrews murders. Raymond's attorney successfully filed for an appeal, but he was held in jail pending a new trial. Now, as I recall, each member of the family, including his common law wife, all made not exactly similar statements, but they all said he boasted about killing the whole family at once. They all said he wanted his dinner, and that Clementine was the one charged with washing his rather grotesque clothing. Wow. They kept mentioning not just blood, but
1: brain matter. Oof. Yay. Yeah. yeah you'd imagine that, just kind of busting in the house, going, you know what? I just killed me, a whole family. Where's my dinner? That
0: would put a little oomph in one step, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I have an entry from Mental floss, you know, where I did my deep research. Oh, yeah. Early one afternoon in late January, 1911, a police officer in West Crowley, Louisiana, not Aziraville, but Crowley, received an urgent phone call. Neighbors feared something terrible had taken place at 605 Western Avenue, because obviously our listeners need to know the exact address. Now people are going to go and visit the place. Or at least look it up on Google Earth or something. When the officer arrived, he found the home's three occupants, man, woman, and small boy,
1: lying in bed and their skulls were no longer in a single piece. Now, keep in mind, the dad is in jail at this point, right? Yes. um, But this is like, same M.O., same, wow, okay. And, curiously, there was a bucket of blood in a corner at the head
0: of the bed, where apparently, someone had neatly collected the blood? I don't know why.
1: Uh, Louisiana vampires, they all (laughs) mix. Well,
0: that is actually something that came up, not vampires so much, but in 1911, one news reporter started mentioning a correlation to voodoo, because, you know, they were not immune to sensationalism back then. Yeah, apparently not.
1: But I didn't think voodoo
0: had anything to do with murder, from what I understand. Generally, it doesn't. It's often presented that way in stories and movies, but I think, <laughs> apparently, it had a bad PR problem, even as far back as that. Yeah. You know, I think it go- it is, again, that thing of southern white people thinking it weird and exotic and wanting to blame everything bad on it. <laughs> you know, like southern people and blaming D (laughs) and D &D, saying that it's Satanist. Lord, everything is that here. Paganism. Yep. Okay, going back a moment. Yeah. Okay, November 1911, while Raymond was still in prison, another family, Norbert and Asima Randall and four children in Lafayette, were murdered in a strikingly similar fashion. Though Norbert was shot in the head and this is the only time that anyone's been shot but it seemed like he was shot after the axe slayings, apparently. So,
1: wait, like he was shot post-mortem? Yes. That's okay. what
0: we understand. And at this point, Clementine lived just a few blocks away and she came under suspicion due to blood allegedly found on the fence latch of her house and on clothes found in her bedroom. That would be sort of damning evidence, I suppose. Uh, yeah. The parish sheriff, that's hard to say, <laughs> Louis Lacoste, was already suspicious of the entire Barnabet family, I think. So he arrested Clementine and Zephrin. Wait, the, so her and her brother? Right. The ones who had already testified against Daddy. Yeah. And yet, while they were in prison or being held in in custody, axe murders of families kept happening, just continued going on. So this started to cast maybe just a teeny bit of doubt on the say I'd say it cast a whole bunch of doubt. (laughs) Right? See, in January of 1912, three more families were murdered. Apparently, this time, the killer left a handwritten message on the wall. And according to sources, the message was written in blood, though some said it was just pencil. I don't know how you can't distinguish between those
1: two. Well, I know. I, I mix up my pencils and my blood all the time. Right? That's such a problem for an artist. I know. It's sort of like the <laughs> the two mugs of paint water. Not paint water. Yeah. Don't don't drink the paint thinner. No, no.
0: But apparently, there was a spooky sentence. Don't you like how I said that with such emphasis? Spooky sentence. When he maketh the inquisition for blood, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. And the message was signed, the human five, which in my mind sort of suggests, is there an inhuman five? Zombie five? (laughs) Maybe there's like a... Alien five? Yeah. At any rate, this... Strange signature made the police now decide that it was a band of murderers at work. Sort of a Manson family thing, I guess. So it's like
1: a roving band of voodoo murderers? Yeah! Because uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because that makes all the sense. I'm betting it sold some papers. Yeah. Sensationalism!
0: Well, here's where it gets sort of interesting Clementine confessed to 35 murders. Now, they never actually caught her or like pinned anything on her she just confessed and she explained that she was a member apparently a founding member of the church of sacrifice which is a congregation in lake charles louisiana and this is where the el paso gazette went crazy with the voodoo angle oh lord so then other newspapers started to pick it up clementine apparently claimed that a priestess from the church of sacrifice had given her and her friends conjure bags a good luck charm found in hoodoo that would grant them supernatural powers and make them undetectable to authorities. Apparently, the, her
1: first murder was just to see if she could get away with stuff. So, like Dumbledore giving Harry the cloak. Uh,
0: something like that, yeah, perhaps. And it, in a way, it seems to have worked because even though, you know, they found things for, you know, the, they had the clues, they weren't really, it wasn't
1: sufficient evidence at yeah. the time.
0: She confessed of her own
1: volition for whatever reason. Which is weird. I mean, I guess if you're stuck in a jaw jo- or in a house like that with your abusive father and, you know, Maybe she was like, oh, I can get out of this and go to a place that will give me three squares a day and a place (laughs) to sleep and I won't have to be, you know, someone's house person. She could have just robbed a store. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, in her confession, she continues to
0: explain that She did have accomplices, and they would draw lots to see who got to commit the murders. She disguised herself in men's clothing to probably for movement ease and to be less noticeable. Well, yeah,
1: 1909, we're talking long dresses, corsets, that type of deal. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, I can see that. Though, I mean, you can still do plenty of housework and all that. Apparently. However, and this was kind of odd...
0: She declared she killed the children because she did not wish them to be left orphans in the world. She was doing them such a great kindness. A mercy killing. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Because they were fairly young children. Yeah. How the, the motives for everything else, not really clear. She's never she never did explain it. Oh. Now, sources are a little confused about all these details. And yeah. partly it's because her confession was occasionally self-contradictory. And the reporters, I'm sure, got a little confused at some point. You know, sometimes she said she did it all alone. Sometimes there were accomplices. She would name her accomplices but they were never arrested or charged. So the How court- the hell does that work out? I don't know. The court records were summarized and published and the account makes it plain that there was a lot of public confusion mm-hmm. regarding the details. Yeah. It seems kind of hard to keep straight and I've heard a few different versions of the story myself just looking all this up and not everyone agrees about most of the facts. Modern analysts have tended to doubt Barnabas involvement in the murders. There's a book from 2017 called The Man from the Train. Authors Bill James and Rachel McCarthy James argue that some, but not all, the murders were committed by a serial killer named Paul Mueller. So, you know, Wait, now there's a man getting credit. Paul Mueller, wasn't he like the Louisiana axe killer? I don't think so. Oh. But they do state that there were copycat killers. No,
1: okay. Now, however,
0: this was happening about the same time as the fabulous New Orleans axe man, but no, his okay. identity I don't think has ever really been established gotcha okay okay <laughs> but apparently they write that nothing that Clementine said about the murders A can be confirmed by any other party or B has the ring of truth to it, it's just, it just sounds weird apparently was her yeah With a great deal of what she said is demonstrably false Her defense attorneys, and I'm surprised she even had one, but they claim she was insane. You know, that seems like an easy kind of, I don't know. You would have to be insane for that.
1: 1909. Did they even have the insanity defense back then?
0: Evidently. But, I mean, it's not like they had the Twinkie defense, but I think this is... Sufficient.
1: Okay.
0: She was initially sentenced to life at Angola, the Louisiana. Oh, Penitentiary, yeah. Angola. When she was 19, she made one escape attempt, but was caught immediately. But despite that, she was considered a model prisoner. So go
1: hers. And she didn't really serve very long. They let her go after 10 years. After claiming for 35 murders, it's like 10 years you can go. Evidently. She received
0: a, I hope you can hear my air quotes here, procedure that was said to have restored her to normal condition, whatever that may be. Like lobotomy or... It sounds like that, but according to multiple sources, lobotomy didn't really exist back then, at least not in its... I guess final form so I don't know what it could have been
1: I think the lobotomy came around in the 1920s maybe it was experimental back then could be the authors I mentioned
0: earlier the Jameses argue that if authorities had actually believed she was behind these murders they probably wouldn't have let her go so it seems that they didn't really believe her either but I don't know why they would let her go rather than just keep her it sounds like she was sort of a troublemaker no matter what well yeah I'm not sure now here's another interesting point after being our first alleged woman Black serial killer. Yeah. After her release, there is no knowledge about her whereabouts. She just sort of evaporated. There are no records that show she existed after her release in twenty two. No census records, employment records, bank wow, or land so documents. Wow. she just kind of poofed out of existence. I think, given that you know there was you know there weren't forensics, there wasn't digital tracking of any sorts. I think if you really want to, it was probably easier back then
1: just to sort of up and disappear and oh, just change my, your name. And my move name away. is no longer Clementine. It's Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. You know what a name a name that sounds really good? Ella Fitzgerald. I, I don't think that's her origin story. <laughs> I'm no longer Clementine.
0: I am now Tangerine. Wow. Though it has been posited that if Clementine's race or class, because she was definitely a lower class individual, had been different, we would probably know more. So you get the impression that they didn't expect much of her and probably they didn't put too much effort into her, I don't know, rehabilitation, I guess. They just wanted to make
1: sure someone was in jail for this slew of family (laughs) genocide. So scapegoat, really. Very likely. Well, I mean, do you know if the Murders continued while she was in jail, or it seems to have wound down. So, I mean,
0: sort of like Jack the Ripper or our Axeman, they just stopped. So, it seemed convenient. You know, she could have been,
1: or, um, okay, so yeah, yeah we're gonna touch on Jack the Ripper. We're gonna have to talk about HH H. Holmes because they're they're kind of out of our southern area, yeah, but our, still our district,
0: if you will. But they are pretty cool, yeah. I mean, for those of us who kind of overly get excited about serial killers which sounds horrible (laughs) when you say it out loud okay so they mentioned racer class she scandalized the press stirring up a gumbo of moral panic in a state where civil war and slavery remained a living memory why has it got to be gumbo Louisiana? Oh, okay. Everything about Clementine Barnabet represented a collision, even a perversion of cultures in the eyes of white Louisiana. From her mangled Creole French to her mangled beliefs, this is a quote, I'm not saying this, a tabloid baiting blend of voodoo, which was a mix of Catholicism and West African tribals. Psst of tribal rights and evangelical Christianity. Wow. So, she was young. She moved to Lafayette.
1: She went found, around when <laughs> murders happened. Found, found, murder. relig- found religion and became a murderer.
0: Apparently. And then after serving for a relatively short while, she
1: just poof went away. That's pretty freaking crazy.
0: Now, I don't have... A memory of where we heard it, but when we were looking at other stories about it the other night, I remember this woman talking to like her great grandmother or something. Yeah, yeah. And the great grandmother explaining the story in great detail, and then the girl kind of realized later on that it was very likely that her great grandmother
1: was Clementine. who had just passed away.
0: Yeah, because just like the pictures, such as they are, there was like one photograph which we'll see if we can put on our Facebook page or something. Yeah, of a young Clementine. So maybe she just went off and led a normal life. Maybe another series of axe murders picked up somewhere else that somehow didn't get connected to this. Who knows? Well,
1: back in 1909, forensics being in in, in its infancy, and you know, just a whole bunch of stuff just just kind of led to this. Uh, I did all these murders, and you can't prove it. So,
0: I suppose back then, though, and, and this is me just guessing given that there weren't much in the way of forensics. I think at most they could prove the the blood was human versus animal. That's yeah, about as far as they yeah. could do. Nowadays yeah. they
1: have, like, DNA memory and, like, forensics and... Oh, yeah. But
0: back then I think the suspicion probably carried more weight than it would nowadays. Yeah. It's like, well, they fit the profile. They're shifty people we don't like anyway. Let's just put them in jail.
1: (laughs) More of a modern witch hunt, really.
0: Maybe. I mean, I think it would, yeah, it would just be very easy to get rid of or put away people who were inconvenient.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seemed like that was a big thing in the time, too. Oh, well, you know, this guy robbed a house when he was 20. He's now 40. Somebody got murdered near him. We should blame it on that guy. Even
0: at this point didn't they even just arrest people who were i don't know apparently homeless or, yep, are, yep. or unemployed yep. it's just like you're on the street too often come to jail with me you'll you'll have a better li- we'll have a better life
1: when you're in jail <laughs> yeah the times they are changing yeah
0: i don't know if our system is that much improved practically but we have much better tools now oh if they would
1: use well, them properly <laughs> yes yes forensically
0: speaking i mean now we can pinpoint things on people you know very accurately yeah however i know they have like backups and well I'm I mean, even
1: if... Huge
0: logs list of of work that has to be done that they just aren't going to catch up in time. Well,
1: nowadays, even if they don't have the... Backlog.
0: That's the word I was looking
1: for. Backlog. (laughs) Nowadays, even if they don't have the perpetrator's DNA, they can look through a database that links them to their closest relative who has DNA on file.
0: I wonder how far back they can investigate a cold case. Like, I know they've attempted it with... so like H.H. H. Holmes and Lizzie Borden. Yeah. And, you know, they're pretty sure, but of course, these are
1: people who've been dead decades, if yeah. not longer. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to if really. John look. Hammond can pull DNA out of a. <laughs> out of <laughs> Out of a damn mosquito.
0: Okay, now I just have visions of like Lizzie Borden in the shape of a T-Rex, and that's not <gasps> helping. <laughs> I have a big head
1: and little arms. <laughs> and I don't think this plan was very well thought through. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that they can go back and do DNA testing. Though I think
0: whenever they hit a dead end, they really hit a dead end though, because like DNA, de- all the witnesses are like,
1: gone. They call they call something. It's called DNA erosion, and after time, your DNA begins to break up, and it goes then, bad like everything else Yeah, it really does. It it and they can piece it back together. Is that even when they freeze it or preserve it or, or? Well, I mean, you can get DNA off a cigarette, but well true. But what I'm saying is after a specific age, like they could I think they even did DNA on um they called him the Iceman. Oh, the yeah, one they yeah. found under the the boulder. Was that Ootsie? I Think so. With the cool tattoos. Yeah, 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 like I mean they they even did DNA on him because it was preserved in ice. But when you're embalmed, dead and buried, it erodes very quickly. Oh yeah. So Yay embalming. <laughs> We may have to talk about that at some point too. Once
0: again, thinking of Caitlin Doty, Ask a Mortician, and Bombing is not great. But totally off topic. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless we just went in and say, well, it's just creepy, and we like creepy. Yeah, we do like creepy. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I was about to say, do you have any final
1: thoughts on on our prestigious first woman black serial killer? Well, I'm curious as to why Lizzie Borden got the fare that she did, and I had never even heard of Miss Clementine up until you told me. Well, probably
0: for... Reasons you might expect: Lizzie Borden was from a wealthy family and a fancy neighborhood. Anne Clementine is a poor black woman that uh, came from a ill-educated family, and at a time where people weren't exactly that friendly to you know with, with race relations here. Indeed. So she was a victim of race and class at least in that aspect. Now, I have no idea if she actually did it or not, or if she didn't, why she said she did. Maybe she was enjoying it. I don't know.
1: There's a certain... It's the attention. Notoriety, I yeah. guess. It's like Munchausen's by murder. <laughs> Something like that.
0: Well, thanks for spending another half an hour to 40 minutes with us, wasting your time listening to us ramble on. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed listening to our equal opportunity moment of serial killers. Yeah. We include people of color and women. It is Women's History Month at the moment, after all. It is. It is.
1: Yeah.
0: But we have been Southern Fried Spooky. I'm your Carolina girl. And I'm your Florida man. And we hope to hear from you again real soon. Bye, y'all. Bye. So I have to ask you a question. Um, you think she ever
1: buried the hatchet
0: well after having some time of having an axe to grind most definitely